Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Six. And Father, in the past we've done some episodes on some various things that go through our human life. You know, some things that just we have to deal with all the time. And, you know, some ones that have come to my mind that have been very popular were um, the episode on pornography was very popular. The episode on stress, obviously the virtue signals, kind of the corrections and stuff like that. And I wanted to dive into one of those types of topics here today, something that, that we all go through and just how does the church teach on this and why? And, and this particular one is, is about anxiety, essentially, I guess, and anxiety and depression and, and just wanting to, to just hide and run away or, or just not be engaged, not be the same person that, that someone was before. And obviously there's a lot of, you know, psychologists out there who, who teach in various different ways. And, and I'm sure that with various gray grounds, there's possibly different teachings for each situation and that this is not going to be a black and white type episode. So I don't want to address it from the standpoint of someone else looking at another, but I want to look at it from the standpoint of from within ourselves in presenting ourselves to the outside world because feeling anxiety, feeling down and depressed is something that we all have at some point in our lives or another. It's an inevitable human emotion. So I wanted to take a discussion about what it is that the church teaches about that and what we can do internally to keep ourselves moving and, and try to go into a direction that's not both that's positive for both us and then those around us as well. So with that being said, you're going to know more about this topic than I ever will. So I want to give you the floor. Um, well, we'll have to narrow in on uh, what's what's interesting to you. I mean, um, these things are, you know, we use this term anxiety in a very generalized way. Um, sometimes we we use it in terms of uh, I'm I'm anxious to help you with your homework or something, or I'm anxious to help you grow in holiness. So we use anxiety as a, uh, you know, something that we're kind of looking forward to, sort of like an excitement or enthusiasm light. Uh, we also use anxiety to just describe, uh, you know, the, the jitters as you get ready to run a marathon. You know, I get little uh, anxiety before I, I go out and I, I get kind of worked up about that or before, you know, performance anxiety as I'm getting ready to deliver a homily to a, an important uh, group that there's that kind of anxiety. But um, when we're talking about something that would be more uh, psychologically problematic, uh, generalized anxiety disorder, for example, as the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the DSM defines it, would have a number of characteristics that it's more persistent, that it's disabling our behavior, that it uh, comes up strongly, that we can't find some way to work through it, that I don't know all of the the, the DSM always has a series of uh, symptoms that when you have, you know, six out of 10 of these, then they would diagnose you and uh, treat you appropriately. And there's a lot of people who, who would have a mild 
form of anxiety that's that's more persistent. And in that context, we sort of talk about anxiety as being like depression light, uh, not major depressive disorder, but a, a sort of lighter form of depression that there's a uh, an anxiety about life, an anxiety about uh, who we are, an anxiety about uh, certain behaviors or certain situations that that weighs us down and that causes a kind of mild depression as we we find ourselves a little bit paralyzed, a little bit limited by uh, those feelings of anxiety. And fortunately, uh, well, a lot of different things can can go into that, you know. So I've just described a little, sketched out a little territory there that probably all of our all of us can uh, feel that or find ourselves in there somewhere. And uh, we've we've learned, you know, if we've gotten this far in life, we've learned to deal with a certain amount of of anxiety of different kinds. And those who are really weighed down by it and it's a persistent problem, you know, then then getting some psychotherapy, being able to talk through, well, what what is it that makes you anxious? Sometimes we don't even know. You know, we have to start talking a bit and start exploring what in our relationships or what in our responsibilities or what sort of expectations we're placing on ourselves or placing on others or placing on life that, um, you know, what what kinds of things weigh us down or, or cause us to be anxious. And sometimes the process of talking through it, just exposing our interior, exposing our thoughts and feelings with somebody who listens and understands and loves us, that can be tremendously healing. And so a lot of talk therapy is very helpful. Uh, likewise, actually being able to share some of these things in a confessional or in spiritual direction or, or with a spouse or a friend. Um, I always think of a comment someone made, which is a, a reductive comment. I'm not agreeing with it uh, in general, but they said, having counselors is a sign that we don't have enough friends. <laughs> and again, that's not entirely true. We don't always have friends who understand how to listen to us. And there is a value to the specialty of counseling and psychology, which has, has its own benefit. But there's a point to that too. Uh, Carl Jung said something related. He said, if everybody went to confession, then there wouldn't be a need for us psychologists. Again, that's a little bit uh, over overstated, I think. There is a value to psychologists and counselors and the training and recognizing the kind of collection of things that people struggle with. But again, there's a point to it. Having friends, having a uh, confessor, having a, a spiritual director, someone that we can talk through about uh, with about the things that are going on inside of us can make a tremendous difference in how we emotionally respond to certain situations in life. Furthermore, uh, psychology, psychiatry has gotten very good in developing some medications for depression and anxiety, which are extremely helpful. And uh, psychotropic uh, drugs have gotten a bad rap uh, over the decades. But at this point, in terms of depression and anxiety, there are very low doses that are uh, carefully chosen to tailor fit uh, a certain person's situation that can make a tremendous difference. And uh, medications are helpful, especially in kind of taking the edge off. Uh, maybe uh, a lot of us have been in the situation, and if not, I think it's easy enough to understand that when we have a certain predisposition to anxiety and we're in a situation that 
has triggered that anxiety. And then we can start to get anxious about being anxious. And that's the kind of feedback loop that creates a, a panic attack in the worst situation. Uh, but it's a feedback loop that can really ramp up our anxiety so much that it makes us hard to think through or share or take good uh, decisions about what's happening, that the, the emotions are just so intense. And that's where uh, a little medication, um, uh, a Xanax or you know some uh, mild tranquilizer, these kinds of things can just settle us down in a way that we can think more clearly, that we can see through things, and we can take the appropriate steps. And that's where a lot of times also the combination of some medication just to take the anxiety levels down a bit, and then combining that with some talk therapy to talk through what is going on inside of us and what's leading to some of these things what are the what's the the distorted thinking or what's the sensitive emotional responses what you know what's happening inside of us that's that's leading to some of that that combination can be extremely effective um, and uh, anyway there's a lot of uh, availability for that in in uh, these days one of the I think one of the most valuable advances in psychology has been in some of these realms. And so I just really encourage, again, there's a certain stigma that that persists in some cases. And sometimes the thought that, well, if you just do the right spiritual thing, you know, there's a tendency to spiritualize. If you prayed more, you wouldn't get anxious and a kind of heaviness with that. Or if you just cast out the demon of anxiety, everything will be fine. And uh, there's a value, obviously, to praying, and there's a value to renouncing a demon of anxiety, but uh, just to reduce it to those things can sometimes make it worse. We can end up placing the expectation on ourselves that we ought to be able to uh, work through this spiritually, and if you can't, there's something wrong with you. And then, of course, that increases your anxiety, which is uh, counterproductive. So anyway, those are a few initial thoughts about anxiety, and happy to explore that in any, any direction that might be useful. Sure. And, and what I've gotten from there is first off that anxiety is, is much larger than, than what it was going into. So when I looked up various things about anxiety, now I'm not sure that they even apply in an actual measurable way. But one of the things I did take away from you there was that you need someone to help you. It's not something that it's going to be a reasonable expectation that we're going to be able to fix this on our own and and it's something that as you said before we, we need to talk it out and then obviously confession being a, a a great place to do that but also to recognize that you know a lot of the a lot of that feedback loop you were discussing is just getting worried about something that might worry you and and I, I think this might be just a, a personality thing that, that I have that makes makes my personality type different than others um, is that I tend not to worry about things that I can't control until it's a spot when I can control them, if that makes sense. You know, at the end of the day, we're here sitting in, at the beginning of August. Um, I have no control really over what the Steelers ever do, let alone whether, you know, some of the players get set down for injury or, or COVID or whatever. But I do know what I want. I want them to win the Super Bowl. So, but if Ben's out for three months, it's not going to happen. So um, that being said, that there's, there's no value I see for my life from worrying about that, you know? So, so I, I look at, at things like that and in some ways, people who do worry about 
things, and again, this is obviously an arbitrary thing, but but take it to something like uh, like the COVID situation, which we're all surrounded in. I look at statistics and and I say, okay, if I do get it, it's going to be a really bad week or so, but then my life will go on in return. And I come from the category that goes, well, there's no reason I shouldn't be allowed to to operate my business as normal and, you know, hire all the various families that depend upon me. Um, while the other side of the fence is how dare you think about that? Think of all the bad things that could potentially happen and all this that, and the other, and not to make this a thing about COVID, but that's, that's my mindset. When we talk about worrying about potential things and, and I tend to be much more data driven or pragmatic that is, is what it says. So getting back to the topic is how you laid it out the fact is, is that we need other people and that the other part of that, that I got from there was implied in what you said, but I think I have statistics over here that are backing this up is it needs to be a genuine connection. It just can't be words on a screen from someone that you may or may not have ever met and may or may not even be a real person. So when we talk about these digital connections and digitally talking to things, there needs to be beyond that. It needs to be a genuine, a genuine connection there. And, you know, you kind of got to the point where as long as the other person's listening, it's obviously better if they're specialized, Um, you know, specialized trainings gives you better results. That's why we have specializations and expertise in the world, really. So in terms of having discussions about moral and theological matters, that's why they're specialists called priests. You know, you guys know things and all that. And, and then as you also said that this isn't a one tool fixes this type of problem. This isn't like we're trying to nail together a house where you need a hammer. This is sometimes you're going to need a screwdriver. Sometimes you're going to need a hammer. Sometimes you're going to need, you know, 30 other tools that most of our audience is going to know what they are, but that's not the point. The point is, is that there's lots of ways to fix this problem and there's no one way for each person. So for us to sit and to have the expectation that we're going to fix this ourselves and that it's not right if we can't fix ourselves is wrong. And the starting point of yours was expectations. And I want to kind of deviate to that point in the conversation here because the expectations seem to be the driving force behind the anxiety. You know, I, I see this a lot with, um, with people who are in school, you know, I need to get a 4.0 or I'll be worthless. Well, that doesn't necessarily seem like that makes sense at all when you step back and look at reality and its totality. So I wanted to, to kind of just have a conversation about what are reasonable expectations? Cause we can have it on both sides of the fence. We can set the bar way too high and then we're constantly worried about not getting it. Or we can make the ball bar literally below the floor so that we always get across it no matter what. And in my head, there's going to be problems with both of those, but I'd let you to, uh, to tell me why and where that's correct. Well, I do appreciate, I want to, uh, acknowledge what you said about how important it is to have someone else to work through things with. Uh, there's a tendency, I think, especially in our time to 
imagine that we don't need other people, that we ought to be able to do everything on our own, that other people are only a crutch until we can just do it for ourselves. But it's actually essential to who we are, that we are made for relationships. We are made in the image of, and likeness of God, who is himself a relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so there's no pathway forward that eliminates other people and eliminates relationships. So um, while there is some uh, transformation of, of thinking and approaches to things that will be helpful. I just want to really reemphasize what you said uh, so well, Joe, about the necessity of having someone else walk through things with us and uh, just in general, other people to be with us. One of the worst things that happens is, is isolation, and that can really ramp up a lot of depression and anxiety. So we really do need those connections, communion, to be in communion with other people is so necessary uh, for us as human beings. But in terms of uh, some some thinking, you know, it's uh, yeah, we ha we have a way of putting too much pressure on ourselves. There's there's you know these the uh, approaches are different for different personalities. Um, roughly speaking, the the four temperaments are, uh, you know, a helpful way to look at personalities, uh, sanguine, choleric, melancholic, phlegmatic. And there's a certain personality that sets the bar really high and is really driven by, you know, ought to do this, ought to do that, and, uh, and, and sets those expectations unrealistically and, and puts a lot of pressure. And the pressure doesn't, there's a certain amount of pressure that helps us work better. You know, we kind of work better coming up to deadlines, but then there's a tipping point where that pressure becomes paralyzing. And that's gonna be different for different people. You know, we have to know that about ourselves. I'm, uh, I, I like uh, striving for some standard and, and having some expectations set out, but um, I, I certainly can be crushed by those things too. And so sometimes we have to break things down and make them achievable tasks. And then, you know, if you just set out to get a doctorate or something, it's like, well, that's overwhelming. You know, there's, there's a lot to do there. But if you break it, break it down into, you know, how many courses I'm going to take this semester or how I'm going to write the first chapter of my dissertation, well, that becomes more manageable. And so we can have very high standards, but they can still be achievable and, and setting that, uh, correctly is is important as you said we can hold ourselves to no standard or or very low standards and uh yeah I, I think i don't well anyway i sort of wonder uh how many people do that I, I often think that there's some fear involved in that that it's uh you know coming from maybe a fear of failure or some insecurities uh people that you know, have, have faced a lot of failure or have been beaten down by, by people. Um, I don't know, I guess there are, there are people who are maybe genuinely lazy, but I guess I interact with a lot of people who are not just uh, lazy and who, who try, but, um, you know, maybe are hesitant to, to set out good goals. But uh, yeah, getting, setting that right certainly is a big help. Um, I think also, you know, generally the Catholic mode is we're, we're striving for holiness. You know, we want to set out the very highest standard in that sense, but also with a great deal of mercy. So we never hesitate to turn back to the Lord to, to get his help when we fall short. And we're confident that he's always there to receive us. 
And so by, by trying hard, setting, striving high, but also knowing as soon as I fail or as soon as I run into a roadblock or as soon as I get overwhelmed, that God is right there. His, his hand is extended to me. And, um, and hopefully there are some people concretely in my life who are also right there and can, can build me up, can encourage me and, and can help me to um, move forward and, and continue to tackle the, the, the tasks of the day. And that, I guess, is, is the calling that what we should have for ourselves is that knowing that we cannot be the anchor for our own boat to try to be able to be a concrete person for someone else to catch on to, to be, to be there for someone else and to, uh, to just look at in our own lives as an example to do for moving forward in this next week. How can we be a, an example for someone else around us or, or be a better example or maybe to someone else? a new person that we can create a relationship and be able to be there because we all are going to have hardships. We all are going to have struggles as we've covered in episodes here this month and that it's something that is inevitable and something that we have a calling to, 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 to be able to be there for each other. And and that is one of the examples of, of being a member of, of the faith and doing what, what you were called to do here. And so often, at least from my experience, Father, we hear we're told to live the faith and told that, told to, to be Christ-like, but rarely are we ever given some concrete examples about how we could do that. You know, we get generic, just do what's right, don't do what's wrong. Well, okay, thanks. But there's never really a, a concrete this is something you can do and this is something you should do. And in this particular episode, we were able to come across a particular example, be there for someone else and be able to be supportive. And maybe that means make yourself more available. You know, some people don't know that you, they can talk to you about certain things. Maybe it means being a better listener and talking less. Um, You know, there's all kinds of various ways. Maybe it means physically just going to see someone that you haven't seen in a while. So, all of these being thoughts and examples that we can carry forward into our next week to help in this particular episode's case with everyone's general anxiety, but also help with all of our global goals of to become greater in holiness. So with that being said, we definitely thank everyone for listening with us this week, and we will be with you again here next week.